Good evening, Bethlehem and saints of God. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, or maybe even good night or whatever time you're tuning into our Wednesday Zoom Bible study. My name is Pastor Michael Eton, and I'm your host for today's program, as well as I will serve as the Bible teacher tonight. We're so happy that you've joined us, but before we get into the Bible study. We want to take this opportunity to extend the personal invitation for those who live in Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, or Garvin County, and you do not have a church home, whether you've moved, relocated, or you're just kind of dislocated from the body of Christ. We want to extend this invitation for you to join us this coming Sunday at the 11 a.m. service. We're at 311 North Dunbar, right in the heart of Falls Valley, Oklahoma. Again, our physical address is 311 North Dunbar. And we'd love to see your face in the place. Why don't you go ahead and visit our website at www.heargodsword at Bethlehem.com. Again, our website is www.heargodsword at Bethlehem.com. And there you can get to know us. And once you get to know us, scroll down to the bottom of the screen, click the Facebook tab, the Instagram tab, the Twitter tab, the LinkedIn tab if you want to know more about me and follow or friend us, what I call in what I call cyber church. We'd love for you to be a part of our cyber church family, but ultimately we want to see your face in this place this coming Sunday at the 11 a.m. service. It's a one-hour service. Bring a family member or a friend and join us and take this as a personal invitation from the pastor of the Bethlehem Baptist Church right again in the heart of Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. For you first-timers, uh, this is how this goes. This is a Zoom Bible study that's meant to be from 6 p.m. Central Standard Time to 6.40 p.m. Central Standard Time. We allow the Holy Spirit to work and move as he would. He's not on a limit. Uh, we're going to have an opening prayer, announcements, the reading of the word, the introduction video, the Bible study itself, the invitation, and then the benediction. So let's go ahead and open up in a word of prayer. Father, we come right now, Lord, just want to thank you and praise you and to glorify your holy name. We come right now, Lord, as we realize that you are holy, we come and bow low and say, Father, that we are unholy, we are unrighteous, and we ask you to forgive us of our sins, wash us, and cleanse us that we might be in right relationship with you, that we might be in right fellowship with you, that we may, as a result, hear a word from the Lord. Speak, Lord, for your people need to hear right now in Jesus' name. We have a few announcements. Uh, the first thing I want to share today Bethlehem is a new series that I've entitled Asking for a Friend, Asking for a Friend, and this series is a true love and relationship series, a true love and relationship series. We're going to be talking about true love and relationships all month long here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church, so we invite all those who are married want you to join us in the sanctuary. And also we deal with the single lifestyle as well in this series. Uh, we want you to join us for this series. And also I want you to mark your calendar for July the 20th through the 22nd, where I will be dealing in course 8046, maintaining a good marriage and strong family. So we're gonna invest in the families this month at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. And here's what we're going to go over in this series entitled Asking for a Friend. Uh, first, asking for a friend, we're going to ask the question, is true love easy for Christians? Second message, asking for a friend, is do Christians have to get married to experience true love? Uh, the third question we're going to ask is, should Christian men get married? The fourth question we're going to ask is, should Christians of the same sex get married? The third question we're going to ask, asking for a friend, is uh, should Christians get a divorce? 
Uh, the next question we're going to ask is, should Christians be faithful to their marriages? Um, and the eighth question we're going to ask is, should Christian singles, divorcees, widowers, or widows have sex outside of marriage? And the last question we're going to ask this month in this series is, should Christians be forgiving in their love relationships? So we're going to uh, be looking at uh, love and marriage, uh, true love and relationship series all month long. And I sent this information out in the pastor's text. And if I get an opportunity, I'm going to go ahead and try to post it online as well. And we want you to follow us in this uh, series. And also I've mentioned, I've already mentioned that we're going to have our Congress of Christian Education, of which I serve as president on June the 20th or July the 20th to the 22nd, 2023. I gave you the times earlier, the 20th and 21st uh, uh, from 6 to 8.30 p.m. And on that Saturday, 22nd from 9 a.m. to 12.30. And uh, I mentioned and place these uh, classes online. I want you to go online either at our Oklahoma Baptist State Convention or Chickasaw District uh, Congress of Christian Education Facebook page and click the link uh, and, and register. Let me see. Or better yet, just go to our site and register for the class you'd like to take. It's uh, www.chickasawcongressok.com. Again, go ahead and register. I'm going to tell you more about the classes a little later. But why don't you go ahead and register and learn about learn about the class at uh, www.chickasawcongressok.com. And we're excited about to have an opportunity to serve. Thank the moderator. We thank our uh, dean for putting this uh, together, Dr. Copeland. And uh, we thank all those who work behind the scenes to make it work, the instructors. And again, I'll tell you a little bit more about that as time allows us. One last announcement, and then we'll get into the word. Uh, we're going to be going to the old folks reunion at uh, Mount Zion there in Winniewood, in the Big Woods. I've been asked to come and share at the three o'clock service on July the 9th. On July the 9th, we'll be coming to the old folks reunion. It's a great, I'm excited and it's a great honor to be asked to come and share in such a rich history. And we look forward to that. We're praying about that again, the old folks family reunion at Mount Zion Missionary Baptist Church there in Winniewood, Oklahoma, the big woods. And we're gonna be sharing on July the 9th at the three, p.m. service. We're excited about it. want you to join us there in Jesus' name. Uh, let's go on and uh, head into the last message in the sermon series that I've entitled Man Up. It's the last message in the series, and we had a great time teaching and preaching uh, to the men of God of Bethlehem and all over the world people who tune in to this series entitled Man Up, Man Up. And we challenge men to be everything that God has called them to be for such a time as this. And we've talked about this month, Man Up, Adam, the passive man, Man Up, Paul, the weak man, Man Up, the David, the young man, Man Up, Jonah, the running man, Man Up, Jacob, the fighting man, man up. We substituted that uh, one on June 21st to man up. Joshua, the uncompromising man. And then we talked about this last Sunday, man up, saw the hiding man, saw the hiding man. And tonight we're going to talk about man up, uh, one of us, the generous man. I'm going to be looking at Acts uh, chapter 4, verses 36 through 37, I'll read this in your hearing, and it reads as following. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought it 
and brought the money and put it at the disciples' feet. I read to you Acts chapter 4, verses 36 through 37. May God only bless the doers of his mighty and awesome and holy word. Tonight, we're going to tell you what the young folks uh, kind of say, what it's giving. They always say it's giving, and they'll explain the situation. We're going to see what this text is giving tonight. Uh, the first point tonight is giving the priesthood. The second point tonight is it's giving the praise. And third point tonight, it's giving uh, property. And we want Christians to know tonight that Christians should be givers to the church and the kingdom of God. Let me say that again. Christian men, and as always throughout the series, said that word cuts both ways. Christian men and women should be givers to the church and the kingdom of God. We're going to look at this brief video and then we'll get into the word. This is Spoken Gospel. We're dedicated to seeing Jesus in all of Scripture. In each episode, we see what's happening in a biblical text and how it sheds light on Jesus and His Gospel. Let's jump in. Jesus has risen, the Holy Spirit has fallen, and the age of the church has dawned in Jerusalem. With this new age comes new authority for the religious community of Israel. Acts chapters 4 and 5 explores this change in authority from the current leaders of Israel to the apostles of the newly formed church. The church acts like Israel was supposed to, a place where no one was poor or needy. The early Christians demonstrate this reality by selling their possessions and giving the proceeds to the apostles to redistribute among the needy. Two stories highlight this activity. First, a land-owning Levite who, according to the law, was not permitted to own land, repents, sells his land, and gives the money to the apostles. Traditionally, gifts were brought to the Levites who worked in the temple, but now authority has shifted to the apostles. All authority is meant to reflect God's authority. However, Israel's leadership misrepresented God's authority for hundreds of years. Now the apostles are obeying God. They take care of the poor, heal the sick, free the possessed, and liberate the imprisoned. What God had long promised is now happening through the apostles. This demonstrates God's authority and kingdom on earth is now through the church. The church is the spiritual descendant of Israel, tasked with the beautiful role of bringing good news to the world. His authority and reign bring healing, equity, and justice. Our ruler Jesus now empowers us with His Spirit, the same Holy Spirit given to the apostles. Now we could go and bring good news, healing, generosity, and grace to those who need it most. Amen and praise the Lord. Amen and praise the Lord. Uh, Bethlehem, you know, we like to start with the maps here as we study the word of God. And, and this map is of the Holy Land and really the Middle East, the modern day rendering of this. And the unique thing about what's gone on in the Bible, this Middle East, this uh, cradle of humanity has always been there kingdoms come and kingdoms fall. Some cities come and some cities fall. Uh, but for the most part, everything is as it is almost uh, in regards to where Jerusalem is and Israel. And there is Jerusalem. And tonight we put where Joseph was from or Barnabas and uh, Barnabas was from Cyprus. Barnabas was from Cyprus. And ultimately, and we're going to talk about that in uh, the first point, um, how he must have caught a ship and somehow ended up in Jerusalem at Temple. Um, but this is uh, where we are on the maps. And also, um, What's not listed is Antioch, the Church of Antioch, and, and I believe it's up here somewhere in, in their day and time. I should have put it on the map, but I was more focused on 
where Joseph or where Barnabas was. But this is the maps and this is where we are in the text. It's giving the priesthood. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, which I just showed you, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. It means son of encouragement. First of all, we see that he was a Levite. And as the video was saying that, uh, and that's why I said he must have caught a ship and come across and somehow uh, ended down there in Jerusalem in his service as a, a Levite because it was a high priest, priest, and the Levites were responsible for doing uh, most of the heavy lifting in the temple. And the Levites uh, actually lived off of what they brought to the temple. I've said some things controversial, and sometimes I say this to, to provoke thought, and sometimes I say this to teach, is that in New Testament terms, the pastor is like the priest, and people ask, to, and some churches are getting mad at the pastor because he's not uh, a tither, and to which I am, and I've always been. Um, I started my adult life in, in the secular realm, and I've always tied. My mother taught me to tithe as a young person, and uh, I've been doing it even after I got into the ministry. I've, I've always tied uh, to even as a pastor, but if you bring what was going on in the New the Old Testament to the New Testament, actually the pastor is supposed to live off what is brought in their context to the temple or what is brought to the church. And many pastors don't live off that because they are bivocational, um, but there's a choice few, uh, a chosen few who do um, make their living or work full-time in the ministry and they're able to do that because of this principle of the tithing in the Old Testament and that they are to live off uh, what is brought to the temple. And uh, so we're in a transitional phase in the church because uh, uh, the, the Levites in the Old Testament uh, lived off the tithe, and we're going to see a little later, but they weren't supposed to have an inheritance, meaning they were in this thing full time. They, 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 they wasn't supposed to have an inheritance. I mentioned that because you have a, a Levite who has some land when being a Levite, you were not supposed to have an inheritance. Matter of fact, let me go ahead and look at that right now in Deuteronomy chapter uh, chapter 18, verses 1 and 2. It says, the priests, the Levites, and the tribe of Levi shall have no part nor inheritance with Israel. That's why we say that this Levite was not supposed to have land, and he's about to show his generosity and give the land that he wasn't supposed to have and place it at the disciples' feet, which was kind of part of his job in the temple. They would bring uh, what, was, what was supposed to be given, and the Levites would bring it, and they would live off of it. The priest, the high priest would live off of it, and the priest would live off of it. And that's how they made their living. And they were not supposed to, as it says here, have an inheritance with Israel. They shall eat, this is what it says, they shall eat the offerings of the Lord made by fire. They was provided food through the temple and, they, and his inheritance. And therefore shall they have no inheritance among them, their brothers, everybody else, all of the other 11 tribes would have an inheritance of land. And, and sometimes you'll see we were Sunday, we were in uh, what I believe Mispa, which was supposed to be 
in uh, the tribe of Benjamin, where, where their land, their inheritance lie, where there's no land where you can uh, uh, find on the map where the Levites had land because uh, their work and their inheritance was the Lord. And it says the Lord is their inheritance. The Lord is their inheritance as he has said unto them. The Lord is their inheritance. And we have this Levite. Now, things were changing in the temple, as the video said. Uh, when Jesus died on the cross, the temple split from top to bottom, which really rendered the high priest and the priest and the Levites' job as not necessary. Whoo, that's deep, that's deep. There was a there was a there was a change. There was a paradigm shift. There was a a change. And and many of us who lived uh, a little while know that how uh, companies and organizations who had the market corner and then things changed. Uh, it happened with Blockbuster videos. You know, Blockbuster used to have a store on every corner in every major city. And then they started streaming and, and, and it changed. Um, those companies that used to make uh, cassettes, uh, we used to use cassettes. Uh, things changed to CDs. Those companies that used to make the eight tracks. Well, what happened in the temple, it rendered their job as not necessary. So we see maybe this Levite who, who had to leave the temple and find another way to serve the Lord. In other words, he followed the Lord to the church. I always like to say, when God moved, you move just like that. I forgot which rap song singer said that. I would call it that theology that you move uh, you move, I move, just like that theology. We have the Levite who, who's ending up amongst this new movement called the church. This new movement that would be called the body of Christ. And when God moved from the temple, he moved from the temple, it seems, just like that. And, 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 and But the unique thing about him is that somehow he... He got an inheritance. So it's, it's, it's giving uh, priests or Levite. And, uh, and, and we're going to see what he did with the property a little later. But let's go to point number two, Bethlehem Saints of God. Uh, it's giving praise. It's giving praise. Unique thing about this text is they say the man's name was Joseph. And they tell that he was a Levite and he was from Cyprus. But Joseph had endured himself so much so, and because and it probably was because he was a priest and he was his presence legitimized their ministry. And a lot of times I see God do that in my life in regards to people who are doing something new for the Lord and I get involved in their ministry and, and me being involved, it like it's, it, it legitimizes their ministry because of who I am. And maybe that's why uh, they loved him so much is because he showed up and, and at this new time in the life of the church and him being there legitimized uh, their, oh, the movement of God there. You had a Levite there. And, 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 and they uh, affectionately called him uh, Barnabas because evidently, and, and that means the son of encouragement, evidently he was there encouraging the disciples. He was there encouraging the disciples. And, and, and anybody know anything about Barnabas? He encouraged uh, the whole church. As a matter of fact, like I said, I should have had Antioch on the map because Christians became known as Christians at that church at Antioch Baptist Church there. Of course, Antioch, not a Baptist church, but I like to put it in Baptist terms. 
Um, a Christian became known as Christians because Barnabas went and got Paul or Saul and, and brought him back there and they worked there and, and God moved in such an awesome way that Christians became known as the name Christian is because of this Levite, this, this priest who had the ability to praise or had the ability to encourage the body of Christ. He had the ability to encourage Saul, who would later become known as Paul, who would write over half, uh, almost half the New Testament. And, and, and that testament is because of Joseph, who the apostles affectionately called him Barnabas, which means the son of encouragement. Everybody needs a Barnabas in their life to encourage them to do the work and the things of God. And I try to be a Barnabas. This last Sunday, I was trying to be a Barnabas and encourage the men or the women of God who were hiding amongst the luggage uh, to step out in faith and do what God has called them to do and to stop hiding from God's purpose in their life, to stop hiding from God's uh, destiny in their life. And I want to exhort uh, you to do that. I, I want to be a son of encouragement. And that's what I was to my, to my latest son in the ministry. I want to be a son of encouragement. And God is using me to, uh, to uh, encourage ministers who are going through a hard time. The Lord used me to be Barnabas, the son of encouragement. And, and because you don't, you never know. And that's why we can't just get into numbers. You see, it was a Bible study and encouragement, a relationship between Barnabas one-on-one -on -one with Saul and a church uh, call where God would move, uh, call Antioch. And it's through that relationship that he had one-on-one -on -one and, and that it all started with Barnabas encouraging. So you never know who you are encouraging men of God. Women of God, you may have five folk that show up on Sunday. You never know whether there's a Saul in the midst. And, and I've used this illustration many times. Nobody really knows uh, uh, Mordecai, but they know Billy Graham. Billy Graham uh, got saved at uh, 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 an evangelist by the name of uh, Mordecai, I believe. And, and, and nobody knows him. But everybody knows Barnabas. Uh, I call him Barnabas. Nobody knows Mordecai. He'd be Barnabas in this situation. But everybody knows Billy Graham. Many folk uh, who are not that deeply in the church don't know Barnabas, but they do know Paul because he was giving praise. He was giving encouragement, and God used him in a mighty way. And this is what I was sharing, Acts chapter 9, verse 27. Then Barnabas brought him, who is him, Saul, to the apostles. And before they had that work, uh, um, and this is where uh, Barnabas brought him to the apostles, okay? Because you got to remember, Saul was a persecutor of the church, uh, Saul was like uh, back in the old days, bad, bad Leroy Brown. He was the baddest man in the town, and he he persecuted the church. And this man was notorious, but Barnabas saw uh, again. He saw the moving of God. He saw that God had moved from the temple, and he was starting a new movement called the church, the body of Christ, into which he would help to name Christians. Uh, and, and, and he had the ability to discern as the son of encouragement. He saw what God had done in the life of Saul. And, and, and it was him who brought him to the apostles, the apostles who affectionately named him Barnabas. He brought him back. And it says here, he brought him to the apostles and described how Saul had seen the Lord who had spoken to him on the road of Damascus and how Saul had spoken boldly in the city in the name of Jesus. You see, they were afraid. They didn't want to have nothing. Can you imagine somebody that persecuted? I mean, he was per really persecuting the church. 
men, women, he was notorious. But it was Saul that, that, that saw through what God had done. And I've seen God use me that way too, uh, of how he uses me to reach out to some ministers who have notorious past. But God used me as a sign of encouragement to the church, a sign of encouragement to the person to, to link them up. And, and they linked up in this discipleship team. Again, I told you, ended up in Antioch. And folk got saved. And there was an awesome, powerful movement of God. And, and, and some will say that the, 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 the epicenter of the church moving towards the Gentiles uh, began there in Antioch with this former Levite who worked in the temple and this man who persecuted the early church and who had ties to, uh, he was a Pharisee. God used them both. And God used Barnabas. It's giving praise. Barnabas is giving praise. He was giving encouragement to the early church, encouragement ah, to the, what some will say, the 13th apostle. He was a great man of God, and he was given, giving the priest, and he was giving praise as the sign of encouragement. But lastly, he was giving property. He was giving property. It says, he sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the disciples' feet. Wait a minute. Maybe, I don't know how he got the property. Maybe after the temple split from top to bottom, he had to go and work and he did some work and became prosperous and and, and, and he bought the land himself. Maybe because, now the video said that he repented because he wasn't supposed to have an inheritance. The video said he repented. But I could say that it wasn't that he repented. He followed, it could have been that he followed the move of God. And when the curtain split, there was no need for a priest and there was no need for uh, a high priest, a priest, a Levite, that he had to go and work. Hello, somebody. And he probably had to go and work like some people do, where, where their industry uh, dries up and they have to be retooled. Uh, some places try to retool workers, especially uh, manufacturing work. You may have, been, may have been building one thing and they try to repurpose you for another product. Or some, they, they, they have to change their life, be re-educated and change their life altogether. He was, seemed like he was following the move of God. He left the temple and either worked for it or because he left the temple, maybe one of his family members enabled him to get this land, okay, to get this land. But because he had a mindset, of a Levite. He, he didn't want to uh, inherit ah, the stuff of the land. I, I tell people uh, all the time, well, not uh, all the time, is uh, I'm not money motivated. Uh, I, I tell people that. Um, and I, at one time, uh, donated a, a piece of property uh, to an organization because I'm not, uh, I don't have the, the mindset. Now, God allows me to be blessed and it appears that I have a lot, but I don't have a, a, I tell people I get more by accident than most people get on purpose because that's not my mindset. You know, you may look at me and, 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 and but I think that I am blessed because I am a giver, that that that, that 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 I do give praise, that I do serve as a pastor, that I do give praise as a son of encouragement. I do give and have given 
property before him, not have pursued property. I, I told the church that my family was telling me there's some all rights uh, that my, my dad uh, possibly have left me behind. I, I never pursued that because uh, um, I have kind of like a mindset of a Levite, a mindset of a Levite. And, and, and I think that's what enabled him to be able to be a giver. And he sold uh, the field that he owned. And like he was doing in the temple, you know, it, it, usually you would lay what's brought to the temple at the the priest's feet or the high priest's feet. But he, he, he did what he was trained to do. And, and this is probably why they loved him so much because he was doing this even before he gave his land. But he brought it and laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was symbolic of a new move in the life of the church, move from the temple to a movement to the work of God in the life of the apostles and in the life of the church. It's giving property. And uh, some of our Anglo-Saxon brothers, Christians are better at leaving property, leaving houses and homes uh, to the church. And, uh, and, and, and there have been some who's uh, willing or said they would be willing to donate property to the Bethlehem Baptist Church. And, and, and it's giving property, it's giving, it's moving, God moving in such a way in your heart and your mind that it's easy to give. It didn't say that they took up a offering, a special offering. He was moved of God to give. And I pray that during this time in the life of church that God would move in the heart of men and women to continue to give uh, to the church, continue to give to the church. And I shared this before at the Bethlehem Baptist Church that one time I was preaching at my, my first church and a man came up there and he threw the money at my feet while I was preaching. Threw the money at my feet. Now it wasn't offering time. He threw the money at my feet and it wasn't offering time. The question is, where does that money go? If you're in a, in a setting where they throw the money at your feet, where does the offering go? Is that a personal gift to the pastor or it, should it go in the offering plate? Okay. And I'll tell you what I did with the money. He threw the money at my feet. And what did I do? I put it in the offering. He hello, somebody. I put it in the offering. Hello, somebody. Some churches have a uh, pastor's love offering. No, I didn't put it in the pastor's love. I put it in the church. He laid it, and, and that's what the apostles would do. Uh, and it, they had everything in common. They put it at the apostles' feet. They didn't take it uh, and, and, and buy uh, a new jet or a new car. Hello, somebody. Uh, they took it, and it was meant for the needs of the church, and it met the needs of the church. They had everything in common during this move of the church. And you want to see a real move of God? You always watch the money. See what the people do with the money. But in this text, at the beginning of the church, nobody had a need that wasn't met. Um, I remember hearing a story of a church in, I think it was Oklahoma City. But during the offering time, when they took the offering that the pastor or the person that was taking up the offering said, as the plate passes, if you have a need, 
go ahead and take the money out as the plate goes by. Now, whoo! You know, I feel with some quote-unquote mega churches, but if they're doing that, that is awesome and utterly incredible um, that they would model kind of what the, the church is doing in this text. Or if there was a need that they didn't have a need there because they took care of the needs of everybody in the church. It's giving property. It's giving praise. It, it, it's giving uh, the priesthood. Don't you know we're all a holy priesthood? H hello, Joseph. Don't, don't you know we're all supposed to be Barnabas? Hello, Barnabas. Uh, don't you know we all should be giving? Hello, Barnabas again. He, he did this personally. He wasn't just giving service. He gave his supply. Hello, somebody. Let me say that again. He wasn't just giving service. Um, they, and then I, I shared this controversial concept. Should a pastor give in a church that he serves? If you follow the example of this Levite, hello, somebody. He wasn't just giving service. He was giving an offering as well. Hello, somebody. So that pastor should give at some point a time or the other, and especially as pastor gains said, and I mentioned Pastor Gaines before they thought I was talking about the Pastor Gaines in uh, Norman, Oklahoma, but it's the Pastor Gaines at Mount Olive Church there in Winniewood, Oklahoma, where he was posed the question, should a pastor have to give to the church? And his thing and what he said, that if the pastor is making his full-time living, he shouldn't give, have to give to the church. Um, but if he's working a secular job, he should tithe. I thought that was amazing. An amazing answer. He said he shouldn't have to give. But hello, somebody. There's a whole lot of us out there that do give, even when we shouldn't have to give. And it's more than giving to the church. H hello, somebody. It's more than giving to the church because I, I give more to Bethlehem. Now, I'm not a rich man, but sometimes God uh, places people on your heart and mind. Sometimes they call and they can't get help from the church that you serve. And, and you just got to give out of what God has given to you. Woo! Give out of what God has given to you to meet the needs of the saints to meet the needs of the saints. So Barnabas was a generous man. May we at the Bethlehem Baptist Church in the body of Christ be Barnabas and give. Now, always there's a counterfeit revival. They had a revival going on, but that devil always has a counterfeit. And here we see in Acts chapter 5 of a man by the name of Ananias with his wife, Sephora, also sold a piece of property. And he mentioned it a little bit in the video. I didn't want to focus on that. But there's always you want to know whether God is working or moving. A way you know God is working or moving is always there's a counterfeit to the revival. They were giving, the whole church, not just Joseph or Barnabas, the whole church was giving. Everybody who had a need didn't have a need in that church, okay? But then, old brother Ananias had an idea. He wanted to get some of the glory for the story. Hello, somebody. That's why you always got to watch folk in church. Because there's a motive behind what you do. Why are you preaching? What is your motive? Are you being called or did you call yourself? 
Why are you singing? Are you singing to praise God? Are you just singing to get the glory of being before the people and singing before the people? I, I've seen this many times. When the church is full, it seems like everybody want to give a testimony then. <laughs> I always noticed that. I was like, oh, yeah, the church is full. Oh, now we want to give testimony. Wait a minute. Wasn't God good when there was, say, 20 as opposed to 70 in the service? Wasn't God good when there was 100 as opposed to 1,000 in the service? Wasn't God good when, when, when there was 1,000 in the service as opposed to 10,000? God is worthy to be praised regardless of the number where two or three are gathered together in his name. He's in the midst, so he's worthy to be praised at all times. Why do you want to be like Ananias and Sapphira? Why do you want to try to do a, a counterfeit revival? And, and God was working so uniquely at this time in the life of the church that his discipline came down hard on them because it was the new move from the temple to the church. Uh, new move from Judaism Judaism to Christianity. And as a result of their fake giving, they both died because of the move of God in the life of the church. So today, Bethlehem, I want to encourage you uh, to continue to be generous. It's giving the priesthood. We're all called to be priests. It's giving praise. In Sunday school, we're talking about mentorship. Who is God calling you to mentor? There are several pastors that I mentor. Who, who is it that God called you to mentor in this life called Christianity? God wants us to mentor. That's discipleship. Who, who is it? Um, it's giving praise. That, that's what all Barnabas, and I think we're going through this in Sunday school pretty soon, about uh, Barnabas. Um, what is it giving to you? It's giving priesthood. It's giving praise. And it's giving property. And I pray that it will give all of that to the members of the Disciples at the Bethlehem Baptist Church that God may move, that he may change. He Hello, somebody. There's some change going on at Bethlehem. The change from the temple ah, to the apostles' feet. Maybe there's a change going on. And we just got to get on board and follow him at the Bethlehem Baptist Church and other churches as well. I want to thank you for listening tonight. Talk about Barnabas, a generous man and what it's giving. That's the last thing I want to talk about tonight, and it's giving salvation. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And if you're listening at the sound of my voice tonight, and you don't ever remember a time, that you gave your life to Jesus Christ. You have to be giving tonight to be saved because that's what it's giving. God is trying to give salvation, but you've got to give your soul for salvation. Pray this simple prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask that you come into my heart, come into my life, come into my all in all. I give my life and everything that belongs to it to you. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins, was buried and raised again on the third day so that today, right now, I may be saved. Right now, I may be giving my soul. And I give it to you right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. And praise the Lord. Amen. And praise the Lord. If you pray that prayer for the first time and you're anywhere near Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. I want to tell you, it's giving 
you need to come and see us this coming Sunday at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. And once you come at the end of my message, or even before my message, come down and tell me and let me know that you pray to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And we will accept you into the body of Christ right here at Bethlehem Baptist Church in the heart of Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. We're located at 311 North Dunbar. Again, we're located at 311 North Dunbar. And we want to see your face in this place, this coming Sunday. So we want you to give uh, your membership or discipleship to the Bethlehem Baptist Church. We're looking for an offering. And you are that offering. Be generous enough to come and become a part of the Bethlehem Baptist Church right here again in Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, 311 North Dunbar. And we're waiting to see your face in the place. And that's what it's given. Well, Bethlehem, we want to thank you tonight for joining in. And as always, I want to encourage you to stay connected. Summertime, we're running and being around everywhere. Um, but I want you, 4th of July is coming up, but I want you to stay connected. Stay connected. Stay connected to God's person. Um, and you do that through prayer and the word of God. Stay connected to God's precepts. And that is the word of God. And stay connected to God's people. And as a result of that, I want to see you this coming Sunday at the 11 a.m. service, ready to be in the words of Barnabas, ready to be giving God the praise for the offering that he has given all throughout this week in Jesus' name. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you. We praise you. We glorify your holy name. Thank you for tonight's word. May we be doers of the word and not just hearers. May we obey your word that we might be called Christians. That word that uh, you use Barnabas and Saul to manifest, which means little Christ. May we be little Christ in the body of Christ here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church and all those who are listening in the body of Christ. Put your head your protection around us. Keep us safe from our harm and danger until we meet again. The people of God said, amen. And praise the Lord, Bethlehem and saints of God, you are dismissed in Jesus' name.